this is Wellspring, and this is our podcast, a weekly podcast. We're trying to keep connected with everyone here uh, during this season. Uh, the topic this morning is emotion. Uh, let's just go around and introduce ourselves. I'm Phil Marins. I'm the worship pastor. Yeah, and I'm Tyler. Uh, I'm the student pastor. Yep. James, uh, associate pastor. And Scott, uh, lead pastor. Well, uh, the topic of emotions, and really all of these podcasts are referenced from the scripture. We want to say, what does the Bible say about emotion? And so uh, are there, if you get into the concordance, did you find the word emotion there in the Bible somewhere? I can look real quick. I, uh, I didn't look in my well, concordance to see if it was there, but it, it takes no time at all. I'll pull it up here. James, what do you got? Yeah, I don't, uh, you're right. I didn't, I didn't uh, do a word study. I, I mostly went to verses that I already knew addressed the issue and uh, did some cross-referencing from there. Mm-hmm. The verse that I, I, I went to immediately, and, and I'm sorry, I bet you we all uh, probably came to, to this verse, but Jeremiah 17, 9, mm-hmm. the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And this is probably the operative verse when it comes to a discussion about what the Bible might tell us about our emotions, our feelings, the heart. In this case, uh, you know, the, the writer here is clearly referring to the heart as uh, the center of our emotive responses, not not our physical heart pumping blood through our body, right? It's the heart is. If there's a word that might uh, represent emotions in the Bible, it would be it would be that that word that was used in the Hebrew. The reason I kind of brought that up is because this is kind of an area where we've sort of created a whole worldview, I think, in in secular society about the mind, and and we learn things from the Scripture about the spirit and the heart, and we have these different words that are used, but uh, it seems like uh, we often lean into psychology to try to understand uh, things about us as humans rather than sometimes going to the Word of God. What are those other words or those other ideas that you find in the Scripture when you think about emotion? Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe not in the the Scriptures yet, but what I was going to say is our, our culture says, and it kind of the, the scriptures in response to this, the culture says <clears throat> that emotions are everything or that emotions are nothing. And I think that the Bible um, really keeps us out of those two ditches. Um, that emotions, like we listen to our emotions, they lead us, they they uh, direct us, and yet we, we know that's not true because of Jeremiah uh, 17.9 that, that we just looked at. Um, and uh, uh, so we know that the emotions aren't everything, and we also know that e- that um, uh, emotions are nothing is not uh, is not an appropriate view because the Bible is clear that that um, God is the one who gives us our emotions. He's the one who tells us to have emotion, and so um, stoicism or a stiff upper lip um, is is a ditch that we want to stay out of when it comes to this issue. And uh, emotions leading us, I think, are it's an important ditch to stay out of, and we gotta navigate between those two things. And I think that's kind of where we'll where, where we'll head. But um, there is a time to weep with people, and there's a time to rejoice with people. Those are emotions; those are good things, but um, they can't be everything. And so those are that's kind of the direction that when I was when I was kind of studying that I was that I was looking at because I think our culture does tell us either it's everything or it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to answer your question about other words that might 
lead us down the path of emotion. You think of desire. You think of want. Uh, recently, I was back in Genesis 3 and reading the story of when the serpent tempted Eve. And, you know, the, the Bible tells us that she wanted the wisdom that the fruit would, would give her. So that was, that was an emotional response. Uh, that drove her actions in, in that case. And so, again, I don't know that we're going to find um, specifically a word that we would say translates perfectly from the Hebrew to the English or from the Greek to the English uh, word emotion, but there are many other words that are definitely going to speak to this topic of emotional responses, just like Scott Scott said, you know, different emotions, different descriptions of feelings that are manifested in the in the actions and in the words of uh, the, the people and the stories that we read in the Bible. Emotions are everywhere in Scripture and in, in different ways. We see emotion being expressed, um, you know, f- from the beginning, right? Like it, Genesis 3, the emotion that Adam and Eve felt was guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, they knew that they, were, that they were naked and they were ashamed of it. And so they covered themselves. Um, you know, let's just jump forward all the way to the Gospels, and we see that Jesus expressing emotion, uh-huh. um, anger, and and indignation, uh-huh. um, and when he's overturning the tables and in the temple, um, we see him uh, full of joy at pleasing his Father and doing his Father's will. Um, we see uh, the compassionate side of Jesus. Um, when he when he sees the the crowds and looks out over them, it says that he had compassion for them, and it's a word that, um, in the original language, that comes from a, another word that's um, that talks about the gut. That Jesus's um, compassion came deep from within himself. We see Jesus crying and weeping. Uh, that Jesus wept, and then he, in many cases in the Old Testament, uh, we see cases where. Um, the Bible talks about how emotions are not handled well. Um, but what's really cool is that the Bible also gives us a whole book, basically, for how to handle our emotions and bring those mo- emotions back to God. And we call that the, the Psalms, uh-huh. um, which r- really are such a fascinating display of human emotion. Because if you go and read them, friends, you'll see that every human emotion that we could possibly think of um, is there and, and James? I like what you said. You know, there are. You know, the what what came to my mind just now is is uh, the word. Uh, you know, ways that that emotions can take us down to down a wrong path, such as as lust. Um, the the word for that in the Greek is the word epithumia. It's really two words, epi and thumia. And the word thumia just means desire or want. And the word epi means over or above. And, and so really, lust is an over-desire for something. It's not necessarily always for a person, though oftentimes it does manifest itself in that way. But we can have an over-desire um, for, for money, for, um, for, for friendship, for whatever the case may be. And that over-desire, that, that emotion of lusting after uh, another thing is... Uh, misplacing God in this equation of, of our of our lives. So, yeah, I mean, gosh, we see it all over. But um, I want to ask you guys this question. I saw I saw this uh, headline whenever I was doing some research for this, and the headline is just this: Jesus had negative emotions too. When I first saw that, I didn't know what to think, but I'm curious what you guys think on that. What is a negative emotion? Yeah. Right. That's the question that you have to ask. Mm-hmm. Was he afraid? 
in the garden, probably, yeah. Was was he excited or uh, part of part of the interesting thing? You know, when the 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 word of God discerns between the spirit and and the soul, between joints and marrow. I mean, there's this who we are as human beings. I would ask this question: Is is emotion a merely fleshly thing, human thing? Did Jesus have emotion before he entered a body? Does well, God have emotions? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if wrath is an emotion, then God has an emotion, right? right? Um, if anger is an emotion, then God has an emotion. If love, if love is, an, is yeah, an emotion, yeah. you know, God is an emotion, potentially. Yeah. Compassion, and, and so, all of those words. Now we know, just for clarity, we know love is not just an emotion. In fact, yes. you know, we, we often like to say that love is, is a verb. Um, as yeah. much as it's emotion, right? We, yeah. we need to make sure that we remember that. But, right, God, God is a, a God of emotions, and I think that's why we have them. I, yeah. I, this, I, you know, I've not yeah. done enough research to answer that question, but I think part of being, you know, the Imago Dei, part of being image yeah. bearers of God is the fact that we experience emotions differently than uh, every other creation. Um, I, you know, you can make an argument that, for instance... I've heard stories of elephants having emotions. You know, yeah. an elephant will linger around where a family member has died for days. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's really no explanation other than a sense of mourning. But, you know, the, our ability to express ourselves in words and in just a myriad of ways that obviously animals can't, I think is part of our, of our identity as image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about in terms of this in Galatians 5 where he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep yourself from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, and he lists those in there. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, drunkenness, all of those things. And then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's, that's the very familiar passage. So there, see, he seems to be reinforcing the idea that there are desires that come from our spiritual nature that, that resemble what is God. You know, I even thought about the devil, you know, it says he's filled with wrath. Even though he's a spiritual being, he still has this component of wrath that he would, because he knows his time is short, and so he's, he's acting against the saints. It was just an interesting uh, thought to, to explore. I, th- I feel like in our day and age, we have uh, relegated things to chemicals in our brain, and we have explanations even for... Why does somebody believe anything? Well, is it just a chemical reaction in the brain? Are the desires of the the spirit and the flesh, how do that all interact? I think it's just a a fascinating, how did God make us like him? Are there things that please God? There are things we're told in the scripture. So though all those seem to dwell in that, what we would call the emotional realm, maybe the heart, the spirit, the soul in that. What are components of those that? You know, I just kind of piggybacking what you're saying. Um, when I was when I was doing some research on this, the thing that I came across, or something I came across that really resonated in me, is 
uh, emotions uh, for me are are indicators of what's going on in my heart. Mm. Um, it, it's so it's it's not a gauge of where I am spiritually or or uh, where I am in life, the way I, I see uh, what God's doing. It's not really a gauge. It's, it's more, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it is more of a gauge, not a guide. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, they, these, when I view my emotions, I think from a, a positive or a, or a helpful, helpful perspective, maybe even a, a godly perspective, it's uh, that my emotions are telling me, okay, what's going on deeper? It's, all, it's a symptom mm-hmm. of what is deeper into my, in, in my heart. And uh, I, I think that's true. Like I, I think that is is true. And, and the Bible tells us that uh, in Romans that uh, we we're not to to let sin reign in our body, uh, nor uh, uh, make it, uh, make ourselves obey its passions. So we, we're not to obey the passions that our body has. And and I found a lot of times, especially in sin, when it comes to lust and and uh, and other things. Um, uh, those emotions that I have are indicating something deeper, and then I, I sin by by obeying the passions of my heart, which is sinful. We already talked about that from Jeremiah, so um, I, I kind of goes along with what you were saying. I think going back to Tyler's question about negative emotions and and Phil saying, "Well, it depends on what the definition mm-hmm. of negative is." I, I think that really reveals the challenge that we all have wrestling with our emotions because. It, it can be so subjective mm-hmm. from person to person, society to society, society, and even within myself, right? I, I think about uh, sometimes having emotions that words can't even capture, mm-hmm. right? And being thankful for the ability to grow knowing that the Holy Spirit will intercede on my behalf mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't have the words to give to God, though I'm praying to Him. That's just a reality for me. And... I think for many people, you know, the Bible, you know, references that type of like a state peace of being. that passes understanding. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. it's hard yeah. to put that those kinds of things into words, but yeah, that that really, I think, is why we have these types of conversations. And, and uh, Scott mentioned the ditches because it is that subjectivity, it is that ambiguity. Uh, around those definitions that leads us much more easily into the ditches that you referenced. You know, uh, I know that I find myself in the ditch of not valuing emotions. You know, the way you just said, you value them as indicators of a deeper state Uh of mind or a deeper... Spiritual state or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I tend to stay away from emotions and not let them be valuable to me. And I got to glorify my wife here because she's really helped me throughout our marriage value those things and understand what they mean. But the reason I have gone into that ditch is because of where I believe we as a society in, in, in post-modernity have gone in terms of letting emotions run the show oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler can give a better definition of post-modernity, post-modernity than I can, post-modern thought. Um, you know, but at its, at its core... It's this idea that answers really can't be known. And so, therefore, what I think, what I feel, could be as valid as any other truth out there. Uh, So you can't tell me that it's not. And when we allow ourselves to go down that path, it is a recipe for folly. And uh, it's easy to talk ourselves into believing things that are just far from what God's Word says and, and far from the truth. What you guys have gotten to is kind of where I hope 
that we would get in bringing up that question about the negative emotions because uh, you asked the perfect question, Phil. Well, it depends on what we mean by negative emotions. And, you know, you quoting Galatians 5 and, and James, what you and Scott have said as well about the two ditches and, and different different things that um, different ways that we can go wrong in this. One of the ways that I think that are, we tend to go wrong in this is talking about um, positivity, right? You got to be positive, have have positivity around you, um, stay away from the negative. But if Jesus did experience negative emotions in the sense that um, he experienced frustration, anger, indignation, um, he he wept at the the tomb of Lazarus that Lazarus that he um, felt sorrow. We think of those as um, negative um, emotions, but really, those those are the that's the fullness of part of what it means to be human in the experiences that we have, and what the Bible calls us toward is to be emotionally healthy people. Like you said, Scott, you know sometimes the the emotions that come out of us are an indication of um, a a deeper spiritual problem within ourselves. And we can tend, you know, when we see that, we can become, I think especially as men, um, I know that this would be be my tendency, is to just run from emotion. Like, mm-hmm. if I can't do it well, uh-huh. I'm just going to leave it behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what God really wants for us. He wants us to be emotionally healthy people. I want to be an emotionally healthy person that, um, that actually feels things uh, in such a way that is... Uh, productive to my my own sanctification and and human experience and the way also that I just relate to God and to other people especially in a time right now where we see so many people who are hurting and feeling a lot of different things and don't know what to do with them mm-hmm. um, I want to empathize with them and yeah. if I'm running from emotions and I'm not in emotion in an emotionally healthy place where I'm just angry about all the things that are going on I'm not going to be a helpful person um, but if by the grace of God and, and by someone who's does what Galatians 5 calls us to be, is to be someone who is um, shaped by the fruit of the Spirit and, and walks in step with the Spirit and not according to, to the desires of the flesh, um, we're going to be much healthier people, much more helpful people to the to those who are around us. And, and ultimately, we're, our relationship with God is going to be more full. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fuller um, because we're, we're going to be able to and express, uh, we're going to be able to express and relate our emotions to God um, in a way that's that makes sense to us, and in a way that we were designed and created for. And to bring it full circle to where I started, that's what the Psalms get us to. Um, there's a there's a great book, a little devotional, 365 day devotional by Tim Keller, mm-hmm. goes through through the uh, Psalms every day. Scott, I know you have a copy of it, and you've worked yeah. through it uh, some, and and I think you would attest that. It is an extremely valuable really um, resource, yeah. um, and so if you're if you're struggling with, you know, and thinking about you know either either on the one hand, um, you tend to overemphasize your emotions and and get caught up in them and in such a way that it, it uh, becomes harmful to you, or whether you're a person who um, uh, really runs from your emotions. I, I would recommend that book. Um, to you. It's called The Songs of Jesus by Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, great resource. Um, we haven't really done that on this podcast, but I, yeah. I'm doing it now, so there's a resource for you if you want to do that. Yeah. Read the Psalms and uh, use, use Tim Keller's book, The Songs of Jesus, as a supplement to that. 
There's a yeah. couple of interesting passages in the Old Testament. One is uh, referred to in the prophets that that God is is getting on to his people because they have forgotten how to blush. In other words, they are not offended with what God is offended. This this inability to feel shame in, at the proper time, and we can become so hardened in our, you know, even a callous to our sin or that, that we would not be feeling. There's another one in Ezekiel where he says, I want you to go through and the state of Israel is terrible. He wants you to go through and mark all the people that do not weep whenever the sins of the people are, are called out. And then the angel comes in and destroys that people. And he says, nobody was left in the temple, which means the priest did not have any feeling about the wickedness in their society. And so there's, there's a certain uh, uh, character uh, uh this fruit of the spirit that God wants us to have, I, I sense in the scripture that he wants us to be motivated by love. If we don't have compassion for people, if we don't, if we don't begin to not only think like God, but feel like God, have compassion like him, we're, we're not really being molded into his image through the spirit that he gives us. So there's kind of a resistance. We can, we beca- we can become calloused or even non-feeling. I mean, that's one of the biggest, if you look around at our society, people can become so numb to to what's going on through overexposure to violence and, you know, abuse and every other kind of way that people will just say, I just don't feel anything anymore. And uh, that's another danger if you're feeling wrong about or don't feel the kind of things that you need to feel. Yeah. I think for... for I'm so, I'm a man, so I'm I'm speaking from for men here, and the rest of you are as well. I think we can be in a place where we've lost the ability to blush mm-hmm. or to feel some of these things um, because we're scared of feeling weak. Mm-hmm. Like I, maybe maybe not for you guys, but I know that is what it is for me. Like yeah. I'm gonna harden myself because I don't want to appear weak in this moment, and that's where I just have to remind myself of the weakness of the cross. Right, and the, the foolishness of it. First Corinthians 1, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. It's foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will, I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of the foolishness of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Mm-hmm. And I know when, when, I, when I shut myself off to my emotions is because I don't want to be weak. Um, but I have to remember that Jesus in in all of this became weak for me and it's through his weakness on the cross that, that, uh, something beautiful was brought through that. And, and when I look at this, I see that, um, by putting myself in a position where to maybe to those on the outside, it appears foolish and it appears weak and appears like, um, we're just laying down and getting run over to some, it may appear like that. Um, but 
But for God, that was his method of salvation, mm-hmm. of Jesus being being run over and being run through um, with a spear and through, through nails in his hands, uh, through a crown of thorns in his skull um, in order to bring salvation. And so I just wonder for us what it, what it would mean um, to be those who embrace the foolishness and the weakness of, of healthy emotion and what our world, what, what our families and homes, places of business, what our church might look like. Um, if we do those things. Yeah, you know, I, I sit here in tension, even in, as we record this podcast, right. uh, because of how much I struggle with everything you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And and what I've learned, uh, again, through the help of, of just the, you know, the body of Christ is having compassion for those struggles that you know you mentioned that I, I go through even as I sit here that we all go through having compassion instead of just I don't know trying to drive home you know uh, what I believe to be true and I you know I, I think is important and there's a place for there's a place for both of those things yeah. and I think sometimes I know I miss the boat uh, because I, again I've, I've been driven to this other side of trying to you know making sure that I'm not listening to my deceitful heart mm-hmm. uh, but really subjecting my understanding to to God's understanding to God's will but yeah. you know until we are compassionate towards you know those those emotions until we we like just like Jesus coming down and being amongst us you know, um, in Philippians two, like just just like he was, you know, willing to demonstrate that that uh, capacity to to be with us to experience what we experience. Until I think we do that as believers, it's going to be much more difficult for us to, uh, you know, to really reach and love everyone we want to reach and love uh, with with God's you know perfect word. So mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate you you bringing that up because, like I said, I I sit here in, in tension thinking about um, the things that I desire to do or my emotions and where they where they uh, want me to go versus what I know is to be true yeah um, I was telling a story earlier today just about it's it's a struggle to go through this transition that we're going through in my family uh, preparing to uh, go overseas and with everything that's going on. This is true for so many families and so many people right now with COVID and, and everything that's going on in the world. But but to know and to see, particularly my daughters, uh, going through uh, uh, you know some an emotional tough time, which is to be expected, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to want myself to, to question what I know to be true, what I know God called me to, and, and it, it it's just a, it's a struggle. I, I do want to read... Well, I just I would encourage you. I'm not going to read it here in the recording because it just gets confusing. Mm-hmm. But many of us have read when Paul, you know, writes in um, Romans seven fifteen through twenty. You know, I do not understand my own action. I I do not do what I want to do, but I do what I don't want to do. You know, many of us are familiar with that. If you're not, go read Romans seven um, fifteen through twenty because I think just reading it. If you're like me, you're not going to understand it until you read it about 50 times. And even now, I still don't understand it fully. But I think when you read it and you recognize, man, this is this is confusing. It really captures this tension that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Where, what it means to have emotions that draw you in one direction, 
but to know that um, that's not always the way we should be going according to what God tells us. Just like there's a battle for truth. There's a, like James says, there's a wisdom from above that's pure and peaceable, gentle, open to reason. But there's also a wisdom from below that's warring against what Christ would teach us. I, I really sense there's this, also this battle within us, desires of the flesh. I mean, greed, even in ministry and other times there's there's jealousy and other things that rise up but these are not from god but there are desires of the spirit that we respond to that i think god is is moving us toward and so as we you know just in wrapping up these these comments i would just say you know that we have to consider the source of where what emotions are coming from where there's a zeal for god that is pleasing there's a bravery and, and, and there's sometimes the enemy throws fear into our lives and we need courage to, to, uh, to combat that. And, and, we, and when we begin to recognize the source of where those emotions come from, then we can begin to realize, okay, this is of God, but this is, this is a temptation. And we're always sorting through those, not only truth things, but also... I, I, motivations or emotions any other closing thoughts as we're no i y'all y'all pretty much covered all my all my thoughts those were those good good insights for sure yeah i think i do want to reiterate that we should embrace our emotions but when we think about what our emotions cause us to do or say we should align that with what god's word tells us Mm -hmm. Because we, we, I mean, this may, maybe goes without saying, but I want to make sure that in this podcast we say it. We are going to have to do things, or we're, God's going to call us to do things that we don't always want to do. Right. And uh, we, we need to be ready for that. Because the world will tell you, just follow your feelings. Mm-hmm. In many cases, if you don't want to do it, no one can tell you to do it. No one should tell you to do it. But God, just as a good parent, loves us. And as we love our children, we know that there are things that they want to do that we, that they shouldn't do. And so we have to help them make that decision, even if it means they, you know, are kicking and screaming as you pull them away from mm-hmm. that which isn't good for them. But uh, the, the three examples real quick. Mo- Noah probably didn't want to build the ark every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I, I don't know that it says this explicitly, but I don't believe that uh, you know, Abraham wanted to sacrifice Isaac, although he thought that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Moses demonstrates numerous times um, he, you know, a, a war amongst himself with, with what he wanted to do versus what he actually did do. And I'll, actually, I'll add a fourth year because it's just, you know, Jesus in the garden. He asked God, if you can take this cup from me, please do that. Um, but he subjected his, his calling and his obedience to God before his own emotions. Yeah. yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, and, and all of these, it takes an incredible amount of wisdom to navigate these things and to know when um, we should take a hint from our emotions, like key into them and, and understand like, oh, this is, my emotions are are telling me something here, um, you know, that, that I guess that they're 
we can use it as a gauge. We sometimes we can use it as a gauge, but when to do that takes a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, wisdom that I have come nowhere no, nowhere clear uh, to figuring figuring out yet. Maybe one last thought is there are times in the Old Testament, especially where it says God stirred up His zeal to accomplish something, and I think there's sometimes. You know, we believe truth. So I think is what you're talking about, James, is we know what is true and we know what we need to do. And sometimes it's a matter of stirring up the zeal and the courage and the, and the fortitude to accomplish what, what the Lord wants us to do in that. Well, thank you all for listening. And uh, we just uh, want to bless you today. Let me just say a prayer over you as we conclude. Lord, we just... We know these are troubled times. We know that our emotions run wild in different ways. Lord, help us listen to you and, and uh, be guided by you and your spirit in our lives. Lord, teach us your truth. And Lord, we pray for every, everybody that's listening, that you would bless them today, that you would lead them in a closer walk with you, and that uh, you would give us all wisdom as we face these days. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen.